the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Welcome back, hour three, Big and Wild Outdoors, just the two of us. Yeah, Braden Gunn, Johnson Swindle, that's it. Well, Diego too, he's here. Bill George, still up in Pennsylvania, decided to take George Schneider, drag him along up there kicking and screaming, and out of the two of them, I think George Schneider's the only one that shot a bird so far, but uh, I don't Bill's know. Bill's being picky. I, he probably is. Uh, everybody else is out and about. You know, except for maybe Vince. I don't know. He Hopefully he's over his uh, whatever ails him that got on him this morning. But anyway, everybody else is out having a good time on their Memorial Weekend. Uh, gentlemen, we were talking earlier about the fish app that you have and then, of course, Fish Brain and all that. So what's the one that you have? I keep forgetting what it is. Fish, fish Rules. Yeah, Fish Rules. That's what the guy said. He goes, out of the two, you got to go with Fish Rules. Fish rules is, uh, you know, it's the best one, so go with that one. And I said, okay, where do you get that? And he's like, dude, you can get it right there off uh, FWC, I think, even promotes it. Yeah. Um, they, uh, You can go to FWC Fishing Lines in their area there, and uh, you can get the Fish Rules app, and that way you keep up to date with your saltwater fishing regulations daily so that every single day when you wake up, it's I, freshly renewed, and I forget who it was years ago when I had my other boat. That was the first thing he asked me. He goes, he's like, "Do you have any apps downloaded for fishing?" And I said, "No." And he told me about it, and and he told like the guy said to me, it was at the Florida Sportsman Expo, and he said point blank, he goes, "This is the only one I've seen that it continuously updates, and you could see it because there was a couple times I went on there." Like we said, the snook rules and all that, when you had the closures and everything else, that you could go on there and it would tell you, you know, this is closed, this is open, these are your size limits, here and here. Everything. Gives you length, gives you all the good stuff. Tide charts, it. everything. That Yeah, and it's always a good thing to have because as every cop will tell you, ignorance of the law is no excuse. I, I find it interesting that this past week, I know that whenever anybody puts – Two ounces of malathion or uh, diazinon or uh, paraquat or anything else out on there that uh, becomes big news on social media and guides and captains and fishermen alike start screaming and yelling. But I never thought that I would see the day where <clears throat> the mechanical removal of invasive plant life on Lake Kissimmee would make local, would make national news. Thought on national news that. Mm. I hear something that uh, the the state of Florida is doing. I go, dude, they've been doing this for for years. I mean, I, I've seen that contraption out on many a lake before. Yeah, here's something that the state of Florida is doing because some Jack Wang from probably up north or somewhere else brought something in here, or from some South American country or somewhere wherever brought something in here that's not supposed to be here. Well, and you know, you dump it in the ditch. You think it's going to die. You know, you take your aquarium out there and you uh, dump it in the ditch, and it's it's gonna it's gonna die. Yeah. Don't worry about it. 
it'll it'll go away. And and I always ask myself when I see these guys doing the mechanical process. If you've never seen it, you know it's like a combine that uh, has a big belt, little grabby things on the end, and it just basically goes mm-hmm. in reverse and lifts it up and lifts it over the the back of it, and they put it in a use it on a barge or something to take it back to shore, kind of deal. I always ask myself, I wonder what they do with all that stuff. Yeah. Because you pull all that hydrilla and all that other stuff, all that tussock grass and things that, uh, you know, that were brought in here, as you said, you know, uh, accidentally. And then uh, why don't they just compost the crap out of it? Because that stuff is like nutrient rich. I mean, great stuff. But I think the reason why they don't do that is because. If, like, some of it gets back in, we have to start this whole process all over again. And uh, that way, you know, if it's removed and it's destroyed or burned or whatever it is or taken wherever it is, then you don't have to worry about it anymore. And uh, it's not going to do anything. But I know a lot of fishermen like the idea of the mechanical removal, but you'd be shocked and amazed how many get extremely mad once they do it. Because now the the fish have all up. moved. The fish have all moved. I give up. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's a situation to where, and I know we've all had this conversation before, and I talk about it, and of course, me and Bill go back and forth about land management, and you know, and that to me, that's what you do is you man, you know, me and him talk about managing deer, and you don't manage deer like I always say to him. I manage the land. I mean, it's. The land is, even if you don't change something mechanically or spray it or whatever, down the line, the land's going to change sooner or later. The That tree's going to fall. This is going to, ha- I mean, something's going to happen. And it's crazy to me with some, it's just, it blows my mind sometimes with these people to where it's like, oh, well, you just ruined my, you know, you ruined my favorite fishing spot. Okay, dude, I understand that, but you know what? I'm sorry. Me ruining your favorite fishing spot has just doubled the lake life, you know, made the water quality better and everything else. But pardon me for taking away your special spot, you know. <laughs> I, You know, you can't please everybody. I mean, it, it's one of those things where um, once it's clean, the fish will adapt, everything will be fine, and it'll be back to the way it should be you know it should be grass growing from the bottom up and the fish amongst that grass not the other way around where you have grass on top creating shade creating everything else for some fish i understand but we have native plants that do that already yeah so you you know getting rid of all the uh that floating hydrilla and all the other stuff that's out there that's just been it's been just crazy it's a good idea. It's I'm like, not big on the whole spraying thing, but I, man, yeah, I would love to be one of those guys on that mechanical thing. Think of all the cool stuff you get to get out of there. Big giant water moccasins, a couple of turtles, you know, you probably catch all kinds of good stuff. Well, and it's, it's <laughs> like I've told you and Bill, take, you know, my situation, for instance, in North Florida with Hurricane Michael. I mean, okay, you're going to get mad because mechanically we're going in there removing anything. Um, what's going to happen when we have a bad hurricane come through here and, you know, it does it. So what do you do then? You get out there and you start working on stuff again? You either either adapt or you sit there and you complain about it. I mean. (laughs) Well, I just, I I always find it funny that the only time that, uh, you know, somehow or another, I guess it's a slow 
week, I guess, since there's no more missiles flying over in the uh, Middle East that somehow or another that, uh, you know, mechanical removal of weeds in lakes in Florida somehow becomes big news. Yeah. Big, big news. And the other big news, of course, I talked about it in the first hour. I know that Steve has brought it up and others have brought it up here was the amount of uh, shark encounters that seem to be on the rise in Florida waters. Sharks. Sharks. I like to hear that because, for me, that means that, one, the population of sharks is coming back up. Two, oh, there's a predatory increase. And if predators are increased, that usually means it's a good sign for game fish. <laughs> and I find it funny that it coincide with the snook, redfish, trout closure, somehow or another the predatory um, fish has risen. Or at least they've found a new place to come and actually get lunch mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's kind of a hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah. Once you stop fishing for the game fish, their numbers come up. All of a sudden, the predator's numbers come up. Yeah, amazing how that works. It is. It's crazy how it works. What are you looking at, boy? Oh, wait, Steve Austin. We're going to break, so you're just going to have to wait. Oh, he's just listening. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by our good friends of Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. distracted what don't shake your head at me steve austin comes to the room he tears up the whole place he just distracts everybody what? It's, it's what it's, it's what he does you can't help it it's in his Speaking it's in his blood he can't, he can't do it it's uh the big and wild Private outdoors eyes. <laughs> it's in my blood you know that song it's in my blood oh never mind see no, what? I'm not, I'm not We're on two different it, channels it, here. On the rock station, I was going to mention a band. Pull that mic in closer to you. What did you just walk into radio? I'm, I I hate this band, and I just can't say it though because they're played on rock stations. But I, when I hear them, I will drive my truck into a tree. And they've had like 20 hits, and I just listen to them and go, "What? Is what it? are you hearing? Let me Ow. see. Is it, no, uh, don't even guess. You're going to uh, get me in trouble. I'm. Uh, do they? Do I they? Love s- I'm going to so. say, do they sing a lot of songs that have the word paradise in it? No. Really? No. But that that (laughs) is the one that drives me crazy. I love love rock and roll, but at the same time I love hollow notes. I I do too. Of the eighties. I love I love hollow notes. They played it. My birthday two years ago, Mike Collada in Orlando and Mike Perry took me to see Hollow Notes. They played at Northeast High School, man. They came down and did a concert for like we had to pull labels for Campbell Soups to win or something like that. And they're great guys. They came in and did a show. Yeah, man. And they've only had like 71 number one hits. Yeah. Lion Eyes. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, a, that's a blue-eyed soul, man. That Philadelphia blue-eyed soul. The boys just sing now. I'm telling you. Lion Eyes are watching you. Yeah. 
They, they sure see are. her every move. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm a family man. <laughs> that oh, that's an awesome oh, song, man. My bark is much worse than my bite. Anyway, yeah. it's Braden Jonathan. Now Steve Austin came in and graced us with Sorry, his presence. Sorry, music hour. Music. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's We could do this for hours. Trust me. I'm just sitting and get listening. Get on the music thing. We could get on it for sure. I'll never. For, I'll never forget where you're a rich girl when it first oh, came out. I'll never song. forget where I was. Uh, on the toilet. No. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> I was up in your home state, up in Tennessee, yeah. outside of Chattanooga. On I can't remember the name of the mountain, but we were up there and we were skiing. Lookout Mountain? Yes, on the other side, or it was close to Lookout Mountain. Yeah. We were skiing. Well, it's the highest place in Tennessee, so it probably, probably yeah. was. It was some little, it wasn't a big mountain, but it had snow, and all the way down the hill, they had speakers on the ski lift, and they'd play music. And, and that was a huge it. song. Of course, Top 40 radio back then, you know, they played the same song like three times an hour. Yeah. So you'd hear that song all now, day, now every see, day. I never skied because I was a Tennessee redneck boy. We used to get on a car hood. I ain't lying. <laughs> you sled go off the side of the mountain sledding on that Chevy car hood. <laughs> go get that 57 hood. <clears throat> We're sledding today. It ain't really sled when you're on a hood. It's more like you're hooding. Yeah, it's it not was tobogganing. great, because you get like three guys in it and snow foot deep. Sure, why it not? It was hauling off that hill. Yeah. But see, a true southern boy would have been like me when he moved down and he got uh, close to an interstate. He went behind the Kmart, got some cardboard boxes. We did that, too. Went down the side of a hill on the cardboard I boxes. I did the Chevy one. Chase in Christmas Vacation where I bought <laughs> Pam this. Pam it up. I bought this. I bought this boat thing. The disc. On my dad's farm, and that was a big hill, too, man. And I put this stuff on the bottom of it that he told me to make anything slide. And I put it on the bottom of that boat. I was doing 140 miles an hour (laughs) out there. I couldn't even Uh, get it stopped. Yeah, you got to remember now, Steve's dad worked out at Area 51, so this was probably some alien spray-on technology that uh, makes you slip through the atmosphere at Mach 5. have a super polymer that will slide on just about any surface. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you how much my dad worried about us boys out in the country. He'd walk out and go, y'all sliding up that hill with a car hood? And I'd go, yes, sir. And he'd go, all right, don't be late for dinner. Watch them trees at the bottom. You know, Bail before you get there. And you know, now that I'm much older and I think, if that car hood had flipped and hit us, it killed you. <laughs> Cut your heads off, but man. But you don't think about that stuff. No, we don't. There's a place called the Bluffs on a lake we used to jump off of in the summer, and you wouldn't and believe how high that was. And, and, and the rock ledge was that far under the water. Just got to clear it. You just got to get it. A few jump years out. ago, I went down there and just looking when the lakes were, <clears throat> you know, their TVA lakes when the lake was down. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how close we were to rocks, so and we jump off that thing. And I was going, "What was I thinking?" One of the best things uh, that ever witnessed in my entire life was the time we were uh, swimming over in some old mine. I don't think it was Holder Mine up there in Citrus, but uh, Dean Earl, our friend Dean Earl, uh, out there swimming in the middle of the lake, his foot touched something. Now we're talking about those pits, those old phosphate yeah. pits. Oh, boy. His foot touched something, and he looked down, and there's this ginormous dragon coming up from the bottom, uh, getting ready to eat him like Jaws coming from the bottom. Dragon. I think he literally looked like the second he coming. He a gator. He got up, ran, thought it was a gator, thought whatever. So we were all like, eh, what are you doing? What's out there? What's there? He's like, I'm going to go. We go out there. It was the crane. The crane, that's how deep top that thing was. It was yeah. the top of the crane, and his foot, the water level dropped oh to where the top. Oh, my gosh. To where his foot like just barely tweaked hit the top of that crane and of course when you look down 
All you see is the head of that crane and then this long neck going down into the darkness. So he's thinking, you know, Loch Ness Monster, (laughs) it's going to eat me. And uh, it's possible. But then you start thinking, dang, man, that crane's what, 80 feet, 100 feet? How tall is that thing, man? I mean, it's down in the bottom. They just let the crane in the bottom of that sucker, man. Fill it up with water. And it's still there to this day, as far as I know. Well, you know, in those lakes I grew up on, you know, they covered entire cities back in the 30s and 40s in those days. I was out there one day and I had oh, my dad's bass boat riding these girls around and looked down and you could see a church steeple underneath me about six feet. That'd be eerie. It was eerie. Scared the crap out of me. Because then you think, you think there's a church and there's got to be a graveyard down there somewhere. I'm sure they, you know, back in those days, they, uh, yeah, we moved them. I think uh, hydroelectric. I think a few of them popped up when they made Lake Conroe. I think yeah. a few uh, boxes, boink, came up to the surface, and uh, they were like, "What in the world? Grandma's come back. Somebody, <laughs> where are you gonna put her now? I don't know. What are you gonna do this Memorial weekend? You gonna stay around the house? Uh, you working? I'm working you... the entire weekend. I will work the next eleven days straight. There you go. So I'm not complaining. I mean, I'm always grateful to have some extra work. I'm semi-retired, so to come in here and do rock and roll, oh, man, that's the sweetest. Maybe maybe some grateful listener like the old days will come in and bring you a couple of hot dogs. Don't eat hot dogs from listeners. They're so <laughs> fun. Man, go ahead and eat them. I just grilled them, and I put my special sauce on them. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things when you're in radio a long time. You know, it, you better know those if listeners extremely know well. If I you don't know, know you. Becky and Buster, I, I'd eat the pies you brought. But sure, yeah. There's people I don't know. What were the two little old ladies who used to bring the, the rum, rum cakes? Yeah. Uh, we get drunk on our ass every week. Oh, dude. Every Friday they uh, for Jay Roberts. Yeah, and they I love Jay Roberts. There was so much rum in him, it'd drip off of them. I, I, which I thought cooked out of them. In when other you words, they were a little bit of cake with a lot of rum. I think every slice. Well, they cook them and then put some of that rum syrup with brown sugar <laughs> over it. I think that every slice was uh, equal to about one jigger of alcohol. Oh, I think you could get a DUI if you left here after eating a couple of pieces. Yeah. Oh, Lord. The first time they brought them over, we were like, wow, this is really delicious. And then after you eat a piece, you're like really relaxed. And you're like. You go walking down the hallways, there, and all of a sudden you're stumbling for some reason. Yeah. Is there rum in there? Can you rum in here? Oh, yeah. Can't make it without rum. Okie dokie. <laughs> Two <laughs> bottles per cake. Yeah. Just about. I think one whole <laughs> bottle per cake. Uh, what were their names? I can't remember their names. God uh, bless them. I don't know. They're, well, they're probably long gone. My they brain's were, they gone. Were, yeah, I mean, I can't remember their, nothing. They were in their late anymore. 70s when they were coming in here, bringing in. They brought and, two. And we have some wonderful listeners that have done some really nice things over the year. I, I mentioned one day I was hungry on the Q105, and some lady showed up at the door with chicken. I'm like, uh, you know, I didn't want you to do that. I was just being funny on the radio. And But, I mean, they're very thoughtful, nice people. But you got some loons. <laughs> <laughs> Eat the cake, man. Just eat it, eat it here in front would, of me. Would you eat the cake our buddy in there would make? He's just back from Miami. The guy Diego? knows what he's been into. Diego. I'd eat a cake Diego made because chances are his grandma made it, oh, which well, you know is going to be Grandma good. made it. I'm all for it. Yeah, because he ain't going to make it. Are uh, you kidding? That thing would be all lump-sided. The bottom would be filled with jello or something. You know hmm. what I'm looking for? Here's a, here's a good hunting show thing. There used to be a guy who came to the Roundup every week who made beef jerky. He'd mm-hmm. sell big old plastic bags of it. Best jerky ever had. I, I would sit and eat the whole bag while I was there. It's ridiculous. There's a. I can't find any good jerky now. All of it tastes like that crap you buy on. at Seven Eleven. What was the guy's name at the Hillsborough County Fair when you were out there showing some sort of creature? 
who was outside the tent right there. We were broadcasting oh. there. He was a local guy. Mm-hmm. Wonder if it's the same dude. But you know, most of it. What yes. I'm talking about tastes like processed meat or something. Mm-hmm. There's it's another guy who came in when we were broadcasting one morning and brought us. You something. mean to tell me he's never brought you any owl snack sticks and stuff like that? Uh, who, Braden? Yeah. No. 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 Okay. I'm not sharing those. Are you crazy? What are you nuts? Uh, I might have to find those. Are made pack. with axis deer. Would you give me your axis deer meat? No. Yeah. See. <laughs> see. See, so there's no, there's no reason. I, like I love jerky. Because if I went to Steve and I went, here, eat these snack sticks or access to here, he'd go, well, what do you want? What, what are you getting? What are you asking for? Do you know something I that I don't, I don't know? I don't have any ammo. I don't have anything. What, what is this for? But I, I, I got to find some good jerky, man, because we're trying to lose weight, and it's the best snack in the world. No, there's a guy who here came. We go. There's a guy who came and was, uh, I'm going to find him. Because his stuff, I'll talk. He, he was uh, South African. Will, he was South African. Me. Remember I'm very the guy? You about it? I tell you that, dude. He makes biltong. The that animal. Biltong. No, he's a South African. You know they're jerky. Biltong down at Tong Chevrolet. I know him. No, don't. what is what is biltong? Biltong is a South African style of beef jerky. It's almost like prosciutto. They actually dry age it. Do I and have that they, with a nice white wine, something yeah, supple yet yeah, overbearing? Get, get some brie, cheese, I don't care, whatever you want, put it on a cracker. <laughs> but do you think about <laughs> you think about you think about beef jerky so good that I'm at the roundup with hot women and I can't stop eating it. Yeah. The jerky I'm talking about. And <laughs> I can't find a guy. Nobody knows where he is, and, and it's the best jerky on earth. There's a couple of guys here in Florida that make it. Now, one I, guy was I, I, out I, of Hillsborough. I'll ask Lori when I get home because I know exactly who you're talking about, and I can't think of his name right now to save my life. I, he, but he did everything. Yeah, he beef, had all different. Pork, and he was gator, here local. Everything. I don't yeah. like gator. I'll but the, gator. the South his African, guy, that South African guy brought in some of his biltong that he was making, and I'd had it before. And all, I mean, dude, it is, it's tender. It's, it chews well. Uh, it's, I like it chewy. It is kind of chewy. It's not like you know, you know, like the hog you used to cook. It's it, you can actually chew it and swallow it. It doesn't get bigger well, see, as I you learned, eat it. Learned a trick after a few years of hog hunting. I didn't but kill anything but uh, sows after that, and it was always delicious. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else eat the boots. Biltong, dried cured meat, originated in South Africa. Types of meat used producing it's uh, cut into strips, following the grain of the muscle or flat pieces cut. Across the grain. I'd have to try it because it's sad it's, because so many people have brought me beef jerky and go, man, I'll make this. You're going to love it. Now you've got one bite. And go, I'm really Thank you. Bill it. George <laughs> comes to mind on that one, but uh, that's just my. First of all, when I see Bill actually wash his hands, I will. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a break. Hang on. This is a big wild outdoors. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Mickey Mild Outdoors. Braden Gun, John Sprintle, Steve Austin. He's right there. Are you on the? Uh, you're going to be swimming with the sharks later no, on. Well, 
this afternoon. I'm on Q105. Right now you're uh, going over there at 10 to 3 and then going over to the shark. The the shark, sharks. 4 to 9. I found the guy's name. I don't have his last name, but his first name's Toby. Hello, he, Toby. He's out of, uh, he's yeah, he, he talks like he's got the South African, uh, you know, accent when he talks. I shot a dyka. I'm trying to get, uh, trying to get him to, uh, trying to get Diego, get him on the horn. So that you'll be able to, to chit-chat with him. Diego go back from the uh, South Florida Weed Festival. <laughs> don't, don't say that. That's wow. not he was. I'm just at least kidding. I don't think he was. At least I hope he wasn't, but uh, who knows. But, yeah, he's got uh, he's got his own website. So maybe you should look at it and see. Because he's here locally, too. He's here in Florida. Well, you know what kills me? You go to a lot of these, and I mean a lot of the uh, uh, beef jerky websites, and it's like they have a sampler thing, you know. Ten kinds of jerky, ostrich, elk, whatever. And they want $28 for that, and you might hate all of it. What you need is somebody that will send you a package of beef jerky. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> one one free sample. Maybe yeah, preferably a, well, about five pounds. You know, I don't mind spending 50 bucks, but send me a slice of jerky. Let me see if it's any good. <laughs> somebody did the breakdown on what how much it was per ounce and everything else like that, and it was stupid. It was like, uh, you know, they are like $25 a pound or something. But uh, what did, what happened? What what did you get? Do, do, do. What did it, it said the number was no longer in service. <gasps> oh, no. Well, there's a shocker. Brady's got a number don't work in his phone. <laughs> I think that was his business number, so maybe he changed it. I don't know. I'll look it up online and see if I can't find it. Yeah. And well, see if we have, can have go him from on there. next week and we'll talk jerky. And of course, Jonathan will check with the uh the folks that he knows at the Hillsborough State Fair and we'll I'm see. I'm looking what for time. free samples is what I'm looking for. <laughs> of course, of course you are. Just one piece. Oh, one piece. Send me a beef jerky. That's not gonna help you. How's that gonna help you at because all? One slice will tell you if it's good or not. Yeah. No, you no reason in wasting the whole bags. What he's trying to say. Yeah, well, that that is true. Bag and I hate it. That that is, I, I've done the same thing. I've I've purchased it from from people before and just been like, yeah, like the like the Bigfoot uh, jerky. What's that called? Uh, that stuff's awful. Jack Jack Links. Yeah, it's that's it's, it's it's like dried steak. It's terrible. <laughs> well, I, I, isn't all beef basically dried steak kind of if you get it in a beef but jerky it's not form? jerky. I, I understand. I, I understand that, that it's not that I want the Jeremiah make. Johnson kill a grizzly bear jerky. That's a jerky I want. It's kind of like the whole brisket debate. It's yeah. not brisket. <laughs> Only yeah, thing is. I like off brisket is the burn ends. Yeah. You do? Where can I, you I'm buy a, those? I, I don't even know where they are anymore. Uh, I found it. I found it. Yep. What's it called? It's uh. The bong babongas. Huh? What? No. Um, he does have a Facebook page. Uh, the best jerky in the Bay Area. See St. Petersburg. Toby's grass. Gee, nobody says that. Toby's grass-fed biltong. <laughs> what? Everybody says best jerky for seven hundred miles. I don't think they say in the Bay Area for the most part. Uh, Toby's grass-fed uh, beef biltong, South uh, jerky, South African style. You can get it on Amazon. They got spicy. They got peri peri. Uh, they got all different kinds. See, that was another thing the guy from the Roundup used to do. He knew how to spice it. If you got spicy, I mean, you pretty much you got your spicy. nose was running all night. Yeah, but you could get it mildly hot, and it was perfect. 
some well, of them, some I, people get it overboard. You know, they think that it's funny and jerky, and they go, "Oh man, it's a kid." I had ghost, no. I had ghost pepper jerky one time. What the? And uh, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> well, you know what it is. It's it's bad because the first time you take a bite of it, you taste it and it's flavorful, and you're like, "Oh, this is pretty good." But then, like you said, once Bam. your nose <laughs> starts running. You can't taste anything after that except yeah. for heat and fire. That's it. It's it's like well, buying I, nuclear wings at a chicken place. It's like why why do that to yourself? My biggest thing I always hated is the ones who had the peppered jerky. Yeah. And when they say peppered, yeah, I like to taste a little bit of pepper, but not like to have heartburn all night. Yeah, <laughs> heartburn is the least of your worries. I mean, you wouldn't think that the best jerky I ever tried living all over America, would be at the Roundup, a, a, a nightclub. Because I used to go, Tiffany, go buy me a bag of that. And you don't need to know who Tiffany was. But okay. the, sure. The important thing was that it was the best jerky ever. I'm surprised somebody hadn't called and said, I remember that guy. I don't know. Up. He's on the phone. I don't know. He's trying to see what he can do. He'd walk in with, you know, 25 bags and sell it all before he left. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. And the guy that I met at the Hillsborough County uh, Fair, was his stuff was good. It was really good. And he would give you samples. He had samples out there. And would get what? It's oh, Billy. Bill? Oh, Bill George. It's go. Billy. All right. All right. Wait, let me get the right button. Bill. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, wait. You just chased Steve right out of the room. No, right? he didn't chase me. I, I got to go, though. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get ready. He's got to go uh, make, pay, make the donuts. He's gonna... Who is that, Dean? Steve. Steve. Oh, okay. Steve. <laughs> You're up there Steve. hitting the pipe, aren't you? Yeah, yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that corner marker pipe, that is. Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, what, Lord. Whatever. What's going uh, on? Have you finally killed one? Because George is one up on you, man. Oh, I, I, I don't have any tags left. I come up here with no tags of my own. I'm just playing host. So, so you, you drove to Pennsylvania to play host? Yes, yes. We had 11 people in camp the other night. And how many of them have you hosted to get turkeys with? Uh, just George. Just George. <laughs> He's the only one I went out with. Really? Yeah. And and he's the only one that's got one so far? Yeah, yeah. So I put people, two other people on goblin birds, and they haven't been able to kill them. Swing and a miss. Why? So. Did they not come in, or they just don't know how to shoot? Uh, one... Uh, he says we put them too close. <laughs> There's no such thing as too close, Wait I would think. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, actually, two of them, two of them were very close to the birds, and uh, neither one of them got them killed. So, oh, well, that but, sucks. But well, it is no, what it, it is. It's been raining the last two days here, and so it hasn't been great weather here. Most of my people got here right, right before the rain, so. We'll see. Well, you know, turkeys don't live in trees even when it rains. No, 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 no. No, that's the sad thing is yesterday I seen birds out in the field, nice long beard. George is back in on him today. So, but. I got to ask you this. Up in Pennsylvania, are you guys um, experiencing the great uh, cicada explosion that everybody's been? uh... I've been hearing about cicadas for the last. 15 years. Now, you know, it's funny. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because a uh, news report came out this past week that says that with the cicada boom, the big emergence that comes out every 17 years or whatever, we should be expecting 
a boom of newly hatched wild turkeys because they literally go out and just gorge themselves the food on chain, these things. baby. <laughs> no, they're they're saying that literally that uh, the last time this happened that uh, the turkey population went through the roof mm-hmm. because of the amount of uh, protein and everything else that are out there. So while the rest of the world is thinking it's the end of the world, all the uh, poults and hens and all those people that are going to be out there are going to be feeding like like uh, piranhas out in well, the... Uh, I have not experienced uh, that, and I have not heard them this year up here yet. Uh, well, they're saying that uh, in the heartlands of America... Uh, this is where you're going to expect a huge boom in the turkey populations this coming year would be Delaware, Georgia, Illinois, <clears throat> Indiana, Kentucky, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, <clears throat> New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Washington, D.C. Uh, I understand heartland, but I didn't put Delaware in the heartland. Well, that's, they, <laughs> they, I guess they did in the story here, so... <laughs> Just to make it sound good, but they said not only are your predators going to be busy with the cicadas, so that keeps them away from the poults like the raccoons and even coyotes and other predators who uh, go and feast on the bountiful free meal pleasure of the uh, cicadas. Mm. So you didn't think about that part of it. I never would. No, have put- I, I never thought about that, but I know I every. Every so often I hear about cicadas, 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 and all. I just know for the last, you know, number of years here, I never heard anything about a cicada. <laughs> well, <laughs> well now, now you know. The news was busy with something else. Well, well now you know. So are you going to be up there for the uh, rest of the week and then come back? No, no, or? no, no. I, I, the turkey season ends on the 31st, and then I am uh, headed south. That's what I said. You'll be there for uh, the rest of the week, and then you'll be coming back for next week. 30 versus Monday. Yeah. So, yeah. like I said, the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be so done. I will be back in the chair, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So what are you going to do for your Memorial Weekend besides go running around out in the woo-hoods? Uh, just trying to find turkeys for people. <laughs> that's it no hey, cook yeah well, 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 i'm gonna cook a uh, pot roast i think very nice there you go yeah well, i think uh, we're gonna stay close to the stay close to the uh house this weekend as well may sneak off to some special spots and go fishing tomorrow and uh maybe monday okay when the rest of the people are putting boats back on ramps and uh yeah, back on luck. trailers yes yes uh don't forget trout trout and uh redfish you know they become vulnerable again. You know, we haven't mentioned the fishing at all one time on this show today. That's, that's I, I crazy. I didn't hear anything about that. Really? Yeah. Diego, how come you didn't mention anything about the trout and redfish thing opening back up? Oh, I got to look like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> because we already did. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> didn't, didn't mean to burst gosh. your bubble. But, yeah, we, we did. It's all good. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, too, but I don't care. I got a few new baits I'm going to try out and see how they work. Well, when I get back, we'll have to put the kids on a boat, put Carlos, you, me, and the kids or something, and go out there and try and find some trout and, and whatnot. Uh, let, them, let them have a little fun. I think, uh, I don't know, the, the more I uh, read social media, the matter I get, the more I want to go fish off of the new pier. No. Yeah, just want to go there and start a fight. That's all I want to do. Well, let's go. <laughs> I just want to go start let's a go. fight. Let's go. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I've never seen you work. 
So I don't know how much of a backup you can be, Bill George, but, you know, I hate to say it, I'd rather have Bart behind me if I'm going to be swinging on something. So, <laughs> Well, I'm not going to swing. <laughs> That's I'll what I just swing said. And then I'll, I'll let them turn around and uh, – uh, pay me. <laughs> we'll, we'll retire about early. To say, yeah, I was about to say, I'm kind of on Bill's train with this deal. <laughs> I got too much money in dental work, and my dad will be so pissed if I mess up my teeth. Again, we can get that fixed for you. <laughs> get $2 million in the bank, you get brand new choppers anytime you want to. Bill, we got to go, man. We'll Adios. I'll be back soon. All right, be man. careful, brother. Right, go have bye. a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday. All right. All right. We're going to take a fast break, you guys. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We'll be back. Nothing. <clears throat> Welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. Got a few more minutes. We got to get out of here in a little bit. Get started on our get started on our Labor Day weekend. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Hilarious. You get to sit here and watch. I'm, the a, I'm having flashbacks of being the kid riding around in the berry fields with my dad in the '80s, listening to the guy on my right's <laughs> voice. Him and Randy Price were two people that I got to listen to, and watching him shut you down right before we come on. Here. Yeah, he's been doing that for. <laughs> Damn near forty years, so yeah, it's, fine. it's all good. Hello, Randy. Randy's still doing great, man. Doing still great. kicking Looking booty good. up there, man. Doing his little morning gig up there on the boot or whatever it is they call it. I don't even know. He's just doing good. He yeah, is. Guys survived more stuff than we'll ever have together. I was Tougher looking, than a two dollar steak. I was looking. He was doing these things on uh, social media just for his own giggles when he was doing the uh, Super Bowl promos. Did you see that? Uh-huh. Where he was doing it like the old NFL. Film things where he's got that deep. He's got those pipes. He's like the Super Bowl, the thing of the two things, you know, colliding. Football was really football. Yeah, and uh, he was doing them. They were really entertaining. Yeah, brought back a lot of memories. He's a good one, man. He is, and he's still kicking, which is awesome. My idol is the guy from Dateline, Keith. uh, Oh, what's his name, Keith? (laughs) You know I'm talking about. Oh my God. And the and the snow ended early in the afternoon and <laughs> led to a day of murder. <laughs> I love that guy. He's so good. What is his name? Keith that, something. I, I you know the first name that came up was some reporter Keith Cates. Remember him on oh, yeah. Channel Eight or whatever it was. That's well, well, you know the guy can describe somebody <laughs> dumping the garbage cans, and it's the most interesting thing you ever heard. Keith Ober, not Oberman. No, not Oberman. Yeah, no. uh, Keith. Uh, uh, I feel like I'm watching a scene from Anchorman. But I was I was I, I was know. watching one of his things the other day, and it was like it Where was a gorgeous day in Colorado. The sun was shining, and the only thing in the air was murder. <laughs> 
Makes it sound so delicious. Yeah. What a beautiful day to go out and just, you know, get rid of a body. But, you know, you can't teach that. He's born with that, man. I mean, <clears throat> as a guy that's been an announcer over 40 years, you you can't sit him down and teach it. That's just a gift. Yeah. Well, that's like your boy Gino over there, man. He's got the he's got yeah. the gift. Gino over on Q105. Oh, yeah, Gino. Yeah, yeah I mean, good. he's um, he's got it too, man. He, some people have it. Some people don't. Got to be a storyteller. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, wait. Wait. Somebody's texting me. Maybe this is an answer. Dun, 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 dun. Or a picture of one of the I two. I always love it, Howard. Brayden, I pressed your underwear. Come get it. <laughs> is that what, okay. Is that what it is? Uh, oh, see, I love it when people text me answers. They won't call the show, but they'll text me the answer. Keith Morrison. Keith Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. Thank That's you, Gene. Guy. Speaking of another Gino, Gino, of course, uh, coming coming through with the uh, with the right answer. Gino from Q105? No. <laughs> no. Gino, Gino Benelli? No, yeah. Gino, yeah, the old guitar player. I just want to stop. Oh, my God. He's warming up for you a You want to sing the rest of it? No. Okay. <laughs> thought you were going to tell me how much you love me, babe. No. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> well, anyway. Keith Morrison, though, man. I mean, he's legendary. I guess. The guy from Saturday Night Live does a great impression of him and actually went to meet him in the studio. Uh, the guy that, oh, crap, can't think of his name. Bill either. Hader. Yeah, Bill Hader. Yeah, Bill does he, a great impression of him. The guy, yeah, he does a really good job of. And you know what? I thought one of his best ones that he did was every year when he'd do his Vincent Price. He did a great yeah. Vincent Price as well. <laughs> it makes me laugh to think about it. But anyway, I got to say good morning to our buddy Bill Burkett of Organic Barbecue. I know I'm going to try to get him on uh, the uh, show again here pretty soon. He's got an event coming up. For the veterans, he's going to be doing to raise some uh, money, as he always does. I think this weekend, he and his his motley crew of boys are headed down to terrorize everyone down in Boca Grande Pass. That ought to be a good time had by all. God help them. Uh, well, you know what? Steve will tell you, you got to get down there with the right proper attitude, and it's pretty much like going into combat. And the attitude was murder. <laughs> That's pretty much what yeah, you got to have to have. It's, it depends on your captain. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we used to go down there with Ken Mays, I think we didn't have too much murder on our minds, but we... I think you got to go down there with the attitude that you're trying to raise a car hood off the bottom of the ocean. I've said that many times. It's a Jeep and four-wheel drive that you're trying to pull out of a mud hole, Yeah. basically, with a fishing rod. Uh, so good luck with that. But I know that he's heading down there with his boys, and uh, I said... Well, I've never seen your boys run out of energy, but if you actually put them each on a couple of yes. tarpon, there won't be and a And not peep. even the big ones either. There won't be a peep in that vehicle on the drive home. I think the 100-pounders are fun to fight. 200-pounders oh. will take your breath away, though. <clears throat> My, uh, They are amazing to watch, and they're amazing to see uh, the f- a fish that big come out of the water that with that much grace and ease. It's, it's pretty incredible. But I will say that we got a little secret spot where uh, – my brother and my son get to go down and pull out a few, maybe 15-pounders, 15, 20-pounders. 15, suckers will go. And they are they are so much fun. Yeah. It is literally like catching a ladyfish, but... Uh, With shoulders? About 150 times greater. Because they don't stop flipping and flopping. And uh, the last one that Barrett caught, he had to actually I- swim out. Unhook, un, untangle a line from a bunch of mangroves because this thing literally leaped over limbs, <laughs> like bling, bling, bling yep, over limbs will. to get over it. So we had to get out there and get the line off the branches and get out and like hand line it in for the rest of it. And 
um, was very proud of his uh, his trophy. Uh, as he should be. Oh, God. It was a lot of work to get it, but he got it, and it was it the, was awesome. I caught my big one, but the funnest part was, is like what you said, the 80 to 100-pound ones, and I remember this like it was yesterday. Here's Mike Anderson and just you, name the captains that everybody knows that goes down there and fishes. I hooked an 80-pound, probably 80, 90-pounder, and he proceeded to literally swim between every boat <laughs> – in the channel, yeah, and usually you can barely tug on them and break them off. Oh no, no, no! I, this thing proceeded to take line across everybody's sure. bow, and I'm underneath, overneath, yanking. Yeah, yeah. Oh my lord! How big was the one that you got uh, down there when we were down there that time, and you had we mounted? Had in the store? Yeah, we had in the store. That's two hundred and one pounds. Is that not? I mean, that one. How long did it take you to get in? Seriously, an hour and fifty minutes to get him upside the boat, and my shoulders hurt for three days. I remember. Uh, I remember. <laughs> I'm good. I caught one. <laughs> I got to give him credit because I remember there were a few times where he was just calling it. He's like, "I'm done. I can't do it. I'm well, done. Uh, I'm so, over." And well, Kim was that, like, "No, you're not. No, you're not. No, because they this had could that be a record going on too." Yeah. And, and yeah. he was. I said, "Pour some water." I mean, he goes, "I'm not touching you. It's." Yeah. Violates the rules. Yeah, you got to do this on your own, man. You got to. I never been so thirsty in my life because it was 145 degrees that day. No yes, wind. Sir. What are those hot, hanging, heavy? My clothes when I when I was done, my my shorts were soaked like I jumped in the water. That was uh, that was a fish, dude. That thing was that wide. I mean, it was a monster minnow. Yeah, huge. Do you remember when that was a breakaway? That's when we could use breakaways yeah. back then. So uh, I remember it was a white body jig, I think, with a breakaway on it. And Kenny was giving me no mercy. I'd go, just hold the rod a second. I ain't touching the rod. It. Shut your mouth and reel. Just, man, I'm done. Can't do this anymore. No, the hell you are, man. That could be a record. Don't you ain't getting ready. I saw you because he'd come up. You think, okay, this yeah. is over. He'd come up and. Nope. Uh, so big that the sharks didn't even mess with him, man. Yeah. I mean, he would just he roll up and you go, you know, when they usually they get sideways like that, you're like, okay, this is almost over. No, he come up and he can't be like, he gets a gulp of air, we're in for another twenty minutes, man, man. <laughs> Off he go again. That's a pretty, pretty fish. <laughs> Poor Steve just sitting there going. <laughs> Just jerking every time that thing would reel out. And what can I do? All you can do is just stand there and go, uh, keep going. Keep keep reeling. Do what you got to do. Yeah, buddy, go ahead. You got this. Yeah, They're standing there taking, up. drinking a cold bottle of water while I'm in, you know. <laughs> trying to keep the other boats away. Trying to keep all the other boats away. Yeah, that's the bad part because we had four or five boats just pulled up and started watching. Yeah, they got people that were hanging back. trying to. And a couple of guys were trying to well, keep sharks away. you remember there were no bites that morning. That was the first bite of the entire day. And it's a monster. It was a huge one taking off oh, the yeah. bottom, man. We sat Big there for boy. two hours and not a nibble. Nobody was catching anything. And all of a sudden, that one turned on, and they were all turning on. You know what was amazing about that is even though you're a bass fisherman growing up, uh, up in Tennessee doing your thing, uh, you picked it up really quick. You know, the whole just circle hook, let it do its yeah. deal, real, real, real. Well, I think a fisherman's a fisherman. you got a good idea what you should do. It's just the size. you got to be careful. Yeah. We had Glenn hooked up, I'm kidding you, not not less than eight times. And eight times, <laughs> spin it every time. Because what would he do? Try to set the hook. Try to set the hook. Yeah. He'd go, he'd reel down, he'd feel it, he'd feel that tug, that little just teeny. How does a fish that huge nibble that lightly and, you know, it'd just be like, dink, dink. And he'd reel Boop. down and go, yoink. 
He's like yeah, that's a bad do the old habit. bass fisher, you know, the old uh, Bill let Dance. Him run, you know? Let him run, let him run, let him run, let him run. Just real, real, real. And we'd say that to him a million times. Real, and real, bow real. to the king. And boink, he'd pull it out every single time. Every time. <clears throat> and then when we decided to go in and go get him hooked up on a Goliath grouper over there by the by the pier there, put a big old giant jack on a big nine hook, stuck it down there. It didn't drift down about five feet, and you couldn't see it anymore. And all of a sudden, you see it like go go sideways. <laughs> Sucked it in. He swore that we had him hooked onto a piling, and was just messing with him. He had that rod bent in half. You guys are just messing with me. No, we're not. No, we're not. There he is. All right, I got to go play Hollow Notes. So do we. Good all right. To you have a great weekend. Let's not forget the reason why we have a Memorial Weekend. Never forget those who fought and gave us these freedoms to go out and mess around and burn hot dogs, okay? Go shake a hand, tell them you love them, take your thanks. We'll see you next Saturday. And this is The Big and Wild brought to you by Brandon Ford. See you.